back. I think we've got it all smoothed over and fixed. Before we get going, I do want to remind you that we are powered on A to Z Sports Primetime by DraftKings Sportsbook, who right now has a great deal going on for you, as they always do. Because right now, if you head to DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook and you use the promo code A to Z Sports, you will get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team, which I guess your option left for that would be the Super Bowl. So 56 to 1 odds on the Super Bowl, which means just put $5 down and that $5 becomes 280 bucks in free bets. When you win, that is only with the promo code A to Z Sports at DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook also powered on A to Z Sports Primetime by Gary Ashton's team at Remax Advantage by Two Rivers Ford and by Brymac Heating and Cooling. We will talk more about all of them in just a bit. What's going on, everybody? What's up, Karen? What's up, Zach Goodman, who is clearly a tupper? All right, let's get going. Difference number one between the Tennessee Titans and the teams that we see now in the Super Bowl, is that the teams who are in the Super Bowl throughout the postseason and the regular season, but especially in the postseason, have done a great job of getting the ball to their best playmakers an abundance of times. Let's go over some of the numbers on that because I don't think that the Titans did a great job of that in their playoff game. But, but let's talk first about what these teams who are in the Super Bowl have done. Let's start with the Rams, because in the NFC Championship game yesterday, you look at the Rams on offense, and you immediately know who their two big best playmakers are, right? It's Cooper Cup, the Offensive Player of the Year candidate, and it's Odell Beckham Jr. We know that those are the Rams' best players. The Bengals knew, or excuse me, not the Bengals, the Bengals are who they play next week. The 49ers knew that those were the Rams' best players. These are the stats on how the Rams got those guys involved. Cooper Cup had 11 catches for 142 yards. 11 catches in the NFC Championship game. Now, we know that, that that's a crazy number, right? And, and, and it's almost come to be expected of Cooper Cup with the way that he's played throughout the season. But then you take a look at the involvement of Odell Beckham Jr. Nine catches, 113 yards. So you take the Rams, two best players on offense, Odell Beckham Jr. and Cooper Cup, you combine their stats, 20 catches, or if you want, 20 touches, for 255 yards. I would say that Shane Bowen did a great job, or not Shane Bowen. uh, uh, I I don't know why I said Shane Bowen. Sean Sean McVay, Shane Bowen, Sean McVay. (laughs) It's been a while since I've done this. Sean McVay did a great job of getting those guys involved on offense. Now let's talk about the Bengals with their playmakers, this other team that's going to be in the Super Bowl. Now, in the AFC Championship, we know Jamar Chase is the Bengals' best offensive player. He wasn't terribly involved in the AFC Championship game. Six catches for 54 yards. Now, granted, T. Higgins did have six catches for 103 yards. But, and a great comment there from Keelan, uh, he, he says Luke is, Luke is drunk, not being able to uh, 
Uh, and, and, and Dion says Shane Bowen did do a great job. I appreciate uh, the, the humor there. I, I think I just had a brain lapse for a moment there. But so not a whole lot for Jamar Chase in the AFC Championship. But then you talk about what he did in the other playoff games. Five catches, 109 yards against the Titans last week. Still not a whole lot of touches. But what you will say is that the Titans uh, did some really good things on defense to, to bring back up Shane Bowen, right? They got all those sacks. There were some some factors at play. But you go to the, the Las Vegas Raiders game for the Bengals in the first week of the postseason when everything was cooking and going according to schedule. Jamar Chase, nine catches, 116 yards. These two teams, the Rams and the Bengals, get their best players available or get their best players on offense the football. And if you want another example of a team that played this weekend, that's not the Titans. Again, Titans lost last week. Someone asked about Debo Samuel, right? Lewis says, what did Debo do? Well, Debo Samuel, in his game yesterday against the Los Angeles Rams, 11 touches for 98 yards. The Rams made sure that their best offensive player, Debo Samuel, got the ball plenty of times. Now we've been reading a lot of stats and 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 it might be a little bit tedious, but it's to set up this point. And that's that the way we just looked at the Rams, the Bengals, the two teams in the Super Bowl, and even the 49ers, a team that narrowly missed the Super Bowl but still got further than the Titans did, these are teams that are dedicated to getting their best offensive players an abundance of opportunities in a way that the Titans aren't. Because A.J. Brown, who in my opinion is certainly every bit as talented as Debo Samuel, and while he's probably a step below the ranks of Cooper Cup and and Jamar Chase, he's still one of those uber-talented players that you want to get involved. A.J. Brown for the Titans, five catches in the divisional round of the playoffs. There was really only one game this year where the Titans legitimately fed A.J. Brown, and that was against, uh, uh, ironically, the 49ers in that Thursday night game. But I think the the Titans have a problem with their philosophy on getting offensive players involved. Because we've already established that these teams that have had success in the playoffs, that have gone further than the Titans, certainly the two in the Super Bowl, Cincinnati and Los Angeles, but also San Francisco, these are teams that consistently get their best playmakers in abundance of opportunities. We know that the Titans don't. And if we're going to ask why, why does that happen, I want to point at something that Todd Downing said earlier in the season. Josh is already asking about Todd Downing, right? He says it was Downing's job to get Brown involved more. Well, that was certainly my thinking in week one after the Titans lost that disastrous game to the Arizona Cardinals where they got absolutely destroyed at Nissan Stadium. So I asked Todd Downing after that game when A.J. Brown didn't get a target until there was less than five minutes left in the first half. I asked him what happened and And was that indicative of some kind of problem going on? And I want you to listen to what Todd Downing had to say when I asked him this, again, following the Titans' week one blowout loss 
to the Cardinals. You mentioned before that, that A.J. Brown kind of fits that playmaker mold, a guy you want to get the ball to. He didn't get a target until there were five minutes left in the first half. Is that something you regret and hope to maybe turn around moving forward? Yeah, I think sometimes we can get targets confused with opportunities, you know, and sometimes just because he wasn't targeted on a play doesn't mean he wasn't first in the progression, you know, and so um, I, I don't get too caught up into numbers of targets. Uh, there are certain plays that we, you know, designed to make him primary in the read, and just because he didn't get the ball doesn't mean he wasn't primary in the read. For my money, that explanation is just not good enough. You know, I'm with Todd that there's a difference between target and drawing up a play, and sometimes you draw up a play to a guy and it just doesn't work out. But at a certain point when the stat sheet is showing that you're not getting your best players enough touches, like the teams that we're seeing continuing to play in the NFL now are, that's a problem. And something specific I would point to, because, you know, we can sit here all day and say, well, they, they need to get him the ball more. They need to get him the ball more. How is an important question to ask, I think. And one thing I'll point to is, and, and you guys, I think, will agree with me here, something that disappeared from the Titans' offense really all season is the A.J. Brown crossing pattern. I'm not even talking about a slant because a slant against press coverage can be challenging to throw, and at times it can be dangerous to throw. I'm talking about the route where A.J. Brown just runs about three yards and then drags in and comes into the field like that. Because A.J. Brown, like Debo Samuel, is one of the best after-the-catch players in the entire NFL, and that little simple three-yard throw that certainly Tannehill could make, but you know Logan Woodside could make, could become a very long touchdown really easily. And we saw A.J. Brown have success on those types of plays in years past, but it disappeared this year. They didn't run it, and that's an easy way to get someone targets. So, moral of the story, moral of this conversation, the teams who are in the postseason still, the ones going to the Super Bowl, the Bengals and the Rams, give their best offensive players an abundance of opportunities. Odell Beckham, nine catches, 113 yards. Cooper Cup, 11 catches, 142 yards yesterday. And even the 49ers, who aren't in the Super Bowl but made it further than the Titans, do the same thing with Debo Samuel. 11 touches, 98 yards in the game yesterday. Titans didn't do that with A.J. Brown, and that is part of the reason that they are not playing right now. And so, off of that, Because there are many of you in the chat right now talking about Todd Downing, right? Ronnie commented during the video of that question. He said, why is this guy still the OC? There's some comments that I'm not going to pull up because they include profanity. But we get the point based on the chat of Todd Downing. And so I'm going to ask this question because some of you are already jumping to blame Todd Downing for this problem that we've identified here. Right, Liz says that I should be the Titans offensive coordinator. I appreciate that. Liz does a great job for our A to Z sports social media platforms and our website. She, she does some super fun stuff for us. What I want to ask you guys is this. Who do you blame? We're going to have two choices for this. Who is to blame for the 
Titans not being able to get their best players like A.J. Brown and really like Julio Jones when he was healthy and out there throughout the season, the ball more. Is that a Tannehill problem or is that a Todd Downing problem? That's going to be our Two Rivers Forward take question of the night. Is that a Tannehill problem, this issue that we've talked about, Tannehill or Todd Downing? Think about your answer. Throw it in the chat. We'll talk about those answers in just one moment. As you do that, we're going to talk about Two Rivers Ford because, as I just mentioned, this is our Two Rivers Ford take question of the evening. And Two Rivers Ford is the best car buying experience in the Nashville area. I miss talking about him on Titan Game Day morning. We won't get to do that again for a while, unfortunately. Uh, but we talk about him every week on that show. You talk about him, I know, every night with Buck here on Primetime. And that's because, as I just said, they're the best car buying experience in the Nashville area. And the reason that they are is because they have a non-commissioned sales staff. When you have a commissioned sales staff, you get pestered, you get harassed, and you get pressured into making a financial decision that's not best for you and your family because you wind up feeling guilty, you feel kind of icky. And then even when you make your decision and you go home with your car, you're kind of sitting there not entirely convinced, not entirely sure you made the right choice. That won't happen with Two Rivers Ford. They want you to be comfortable. They want you to have the time to sit down and make the best financial decision for you and your family. And so if you're in the market for a car, go check out Two Rivers Ford because beyond just the fact that they're going to make it a comfortable experience, they can make it a custom experience too because if there's a specific color or model that you're looking for that they don't have on the lot, they will order it for you. That is the Two Rivers Ford guarantee. So why don't you give them a call? 800 900 1000. Let's take a look at the answers to our Two Rivers Ford take question of the night. Who's to blame for this problem that we've been talking about? Is it Downing? Is it Tannehill? Dion says it's Todd Downing's fault. And I feel like that's what a lot of the answers are going to be. Although Steven pops in and says, Luke, after the Bengals versus Chiefs game, he has to say that Tannehill is to blame for this problem. Timothy thinks it's a Tannehill problem. Will says, Todd Downing. Brandon says, y'all still on Todd. Ryan stinks on ice. It don't matter if your quarterback stinks. Let's see. Karen says Tannehill problem. TJ says it's a Todd Downing problem. Josh Tannehill. uh, Trayvon says it's a Downing problem. Jeremy says it's a Downing problem. You know, I I was interested in the split there because I, I thought it would be overwhelmingly Todd Downing in the chat, but it was it was pretty 50-50, especially those answers that we looked at. Personally, I'm going to go with Todd Downing um, because, you know, while Ryan Tannehill has mainly been a spread-the-ball-around guy, we have seen him stare down A.J. Brown, right? It's why he threw a couple of interceptions against the Texans game. We have seen this guy feed A.J. Brown. And my opinion, granted, an opinion, you know, I haven't dug into the film. I haven't watched every play like some of these guys like Titans Film Room and No Flag Films have done. They they might be able to speak to this a little better. But from watching the games live, from knowing this team as well as I do, I think it's a downing problem. I think that more often than not, Todd Downing is just running an offense that has no end game to it. You know, there's no sort of, through line it's just every drive is its own entity and and there's nothing coming together there's no big overarching theme or plan 
And I think that's really hurt the Titans. And, and Liz brings up the question, how realistic is it that the Titans actually fire Todd Downing? I mean, I feel like if it hadn't happened at this point, it's probably not going to happen. I never really thought there was much of a chance of it happening to begin with, just because I think uh, for someone as loyal as Mike Vrabel is, firing the OC after a 12-5 and season is a hard sell and you know this is something we're going to be talking about all off season the idea of you know if the titans enter the next season with todd downing and ryan Tannehill, uh how excited can you be how how thrilled can you be about that but i think you're stuck with todd downing all right that's going to do it for our first topic our first difference between the titans and the teams who are still playing who are going to be in the super bowl in two weeks we're going to talk about another difference between the Titans and those two teams, it will allow us to talk more about Ryan Tannehill, as you can see in the graphic to uh, the left of me. You know, it's funny because I'm, I'm facing the camera and I want to say that it's to my right because I'm pointing to my right right now and it's pointing at that graphic. But as you look at the screen, it is to the left. So you see it in the graphic on the left, Ryan Tannehill. We're going to talk more about him in just one moment here on A to Z Sports Prime Time Powered by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Luke Worsham, Titans reporter for A to Z Sports, filling in for Buck Rising, who is on a plane on the way to Mobile, Alabama, to bring you guys senior bowl coverage here and on 104.5 The Zone for the rest of the week. Before we get into the second difference, before we continue the Tannehill conversation, I do want to remind you that DraftKings Sportsbook has a great deal going on for you Right now, head to their website, DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook. Give them the promo code you see there on your screen. A to Z Sports, you will get 56 to 1 odds on an NFL team, which means you put $5 down, you win your bet, it becomes $280 in free bets. But that is only at DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook with the promo code A to Z Sports. You must be present in Tennessee and 21 years old to participate, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and needs or wants help, call or text the Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Let's keep rolling here on A to Z Sports Prime Time with the second difference between the Titans and the teams who are still playing. And that difference is that the teams who are still playing, the, the, the Bengals and the Rams, both have a quarterback who, A place mistake-free for the most part, and B, takes charge in the postseason. I want to talk about each of those things separately. Let's talk about the turnover thing, because we know the problem with Ryan Tannehill and turnovers. It was an issue all season. Now, granted, the Titans did have some fumble problems that played into this stat I'm about to read to you, but the Titans played 18 games this season, including their playoff loss. In one-third of those games, six out of the 18 games, the Titans turned the ball over at least three times on offense. And you know what the record was in those six games? One and five. Meaning that outside of that one outlier game, and, and then on the other side, the outlier, the, the, the Colts game at home was the one where they turned the ball over three times and still won. Generally speaking, if the Titans turned the ball over less than three times, which is a ton of turnovers, they won the football game. And we know, right, this isn't new information, that 
turnovers are the single biggest indicator of success or lack thereof at any level of football. Mike Vrabel says that all the time. And I think, I I know, and you all know, that if in that playoff game last Saturday, the Titans just have one last turnover, they have two instead of three. They're probably still playing yesterday. And then potentially, they would be playing in two weeks. Turnovers killed the Titans all season long, based on that stat that I read. There are only six losses. Five of them, they turned the ball over three times. But it definitely killed them against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are still playing now along with the Rams. And you know what the common theme is among the Rams quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and the Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow, is that they play safe football. Let's take a look at their stats during the postseason. With Burrow, I'm going to take away one of his interceptions because that interception that Amani Hooker had was an incredible play, and I don't really think that was a mistake on Joe Burrow's part. So we're going to take that one away for the purposes of this conversation because I don't think it's fair to evaluate him based on that. If you take that away, Burrow's TD to interception ratio in the playoffs would be 4-1. to And he didn't throw any touchdowns against the Titans, perhaps because he was constantly on his back, getting sacked nine times. So Joe Burrow, 4-1 to in the postseason touchdown interception. Matthew Stafford, even better, 6-1 to touchdown to interception ratio in the postseason with that one interception coming yesterday in the NFC Championship game. Both of those guys have taken care of the football during the postseason, and as a result, they put their teams in positions to win. Now, both of them have done stuff beyond that, which we'll get to in a second. But as I look at the success of those two teams, the Bengals and the four, and the, the Rams, that's one of the biggest reasons that they're still alive right now is because they're safe with the football. They don't put it in harm's way. You know, Stafford probably maybe should have thrown a pick to Jaquiski Tart, but, you know, we got to take a look at the stats as what they are, and the stats show that these teams are not turning the football over, and that was a massive problem for the Titans all season long. Wasn't just a Tannehill problem. I mentioned the fumbles, as I said a minute ago, but it's a big problem for the Titans, and that's a difference between the Titans and these teams that are in the Super Bowl is how their quarterback is safe with the football. The other difference in the quarterbacks is that their quarterback stepped up and owned it in the postseason. You know, we can get caught up in analytics and we can get caught up in, in, in old time stats like passing yards and completion percentage. But I want to talk eye test for just one minute. The tried and true eye test. Because I've watched Ryan Tannehill in three playoff losses for the Titans not step up, not elevate his teammates. All three of those games when Derrick Henry was not having a lot of success, when the running game that the Titans are used to having was not there to the level that it typically is. And Ryan Tannehill did not step up. He did not seize the moment. He did not own the day. You know what I saw this weekend? I saw Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford owning the day for their teams in their respective championship games. There's one play in particular I want to direct you guys to, and I'm sure you've all seen it. If you watched the game, you certainly did. Even if you didn't watch the game, you've seen it on Twitter. 
a play where Joe Burrow is in the pocket. I'm going to describe it as best as I can. Joe Burrow is in the pocket, and 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 they have him dead to right, the Chiefs do. And he brushes a guy off. He steps out of the pocket, outruns Chris Jones to the perimeter. There's a third down and seven. And puts the ball out and runs for eight yards. Huge play. Improbable play. Right, makes all these breaks all these tackles. Again, they had him dead to right. It was like Eli Manning on on the the David Tyree helmet catch play. Joe Burrow owned the moment right there. It wasn't a pretty play, you know. It wasn't like he threw the ball downfield and did some some great thing in the passing game. But it was gritty. He put his head down and he made the play that he needed to make for his team in a way that Ryan Tannehill never has for the Titans in the postseason. And what's sad is I've seen Ryan Tannehill do that in the regular season. Because it's two different quarterbacks when you evaluate it. Ryan Tannehill in the regular season is 30-13. and For the most part, minus a few games this season, he's been exceptional. Pro Bowl level. Point back to the 49ers Thursday night football game. Tannehill owned it that night. Man, he stepped up and put that offense on his back along with A.J. Brown. On that final drive when you know when Tannehill is running up the middle and breaking those tackles, it's a great play, and we're all celebrating how good Ryan Tannehill is in the regular season. But once the regular season ends, and once the playoffs roll around, it is undeniably a different guy. And that's a problem that the Titans have. Right? Tannehill does not have the it factor we see here in the chat. Anthony says Tannehill can't do it. D asking the question we've been talking about. Why does Tannehill not elevate his play in the postseason? Brooks says, I don't think he's capable of elevating his game to a level where we can win a championship. The reality is that Ryan Tannehill is not a good postseason quarterback. You can look at his regular season stats, and I'm with you. They're great. And I've been a big Ryan Tannehill supporter. Go look at my body of work and what I've written about Tannehill and, and, and the things I've said on these shows about Ryan Tannehill. I've been a big fan. But this year proved to me that talking about the eye test, not analytics, not an old-time stat, just watching him, he's a different guy in the postseason and not in a good way. Anthony says he hit his ceiling. So, what's the difference, number two, between the Titans and the two teams who are still playing in the postseason? Is that the two teams who are still playing have quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, who are safe with the football and who are seizing the moment and owning it and have that it factor that we just talked about in a way that Ryan Tannehill has proven to simply not have. Another comment here, Tannehill is not capable to take us of a Super Bowl. He's an average quarterback who wins you over with some stats and wins, but in the big-time games, he can't get it done. Would have to agree with you there. He's another Kirk Cousins, Brooks says. Great season or great in-season quarterback, becomes come playoffs, he falls flat on his face. You know, it's funny because... I do think Tannehill is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I actually got into a, a debate with someone about that the other day. 
because Kirk Cousins tends to have the flat on his face stuff in the regular season too. Like he has historically been bad on Monday night football and in big prime time spots in a way that Tannehill hasn't in the regular season, right? Tannehill's fine in the regular season. The problem is that once the postseason arrives, he's not owning the moment in a way that the quarterbacks of the two teams who are still playing are doing. So to recap our first you know, big topic of the night, the difference in the Titans and the two teams that are playing. Difference number one is that the teams who are still playing get the ball to their best players an abundance of times in a way that the Titans don't and, and didn't this year. And number two, they have quarterbacks who own the moment, seize the moment, and have an it factor. And, and people were talking about, you know, give us a solution. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, that's not my job. And, and quite frankly, I, I don't know what the solution is. I just know that what they have right now is not good enough. All right, let's move on now to our third topic of the night. And we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl for just a little bit because the Titans had two players get added to the Pro Bowl roster today, Jeffrey Simmons and Roger Saffold. And I think that each of those players getting to go to the Pro Bowl now, those announcements today, represent two different problems with the Pro Bowl. We're going to talk about Pro Bowl. I feel like I'm probably going to make some of you mad with this conversation, uh, but that's okay. We can have some dialogue about it. want to see uh, if you do get upset, please let me know in the chat because that's when it gets really fun and really spicy in here. So let's get going with the Pro Bowl conversation. Again, I'm Luke Worsham, Titans reporter for A to Z Sports, filling in for Buck Rising, who is on his way to Mobile, Alabama, to cover the Senior Bowl. So let's talk about Jeffrey Simmons, because he represents this first problem with the Pro Bowl, which is that the voting system and the way that Pro Bowl players are selected is totally and completely flawed. When the, when the Pro Bowl voting ended, when, when the Pro Bowl teams, the initial ones, were announced. Jeffrey Simmons was the NFL leader in sacks for interior defensive linemen. Now, to be completely honest, I'm not sure that he finished the season with that with that distinction. He might have, but I know for a fact that when the decision was made, when those teams were announced, Jeffrey Simmons was leading the NFL in sacks from interior defensive linemen. And yet, he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Can one of you in the chat please explain to me how in the world that is possible? How is it possible that the player who is leading in the single most important stat, arguably, for their position does not make a list of the top players of the season at their position. There isn't going to be an explanation. None of you are going to be able to provide one because there isn't one. Because it's patently ridiculous that Jeffrey Simmons had to wait until the 31st of January, a day before the Pro Bowl week is going to begin, to get that call. He had to wait for Chris Jones to call in injured or whatever, to get into the Pro Bowl. By the way, this isn't the part where I'm going to make y'all mad. This is the part where I'm going to make y'all happy and get y'all fired up about the Titans. 
It's ridiculous. And a lot of you are pointing out the small market stuff, and I would have to agree. Shamari says small market or medium market rather controls Pro Bowl voting. Brooks says because we are a small market team and national media does not like us. Uh, we see here from chill mode, he's not in a popular market. He's not a household name. Fred says a two national small market. Anthony says it's a popularity contest. Right? It's ridiculous. And I want to say it was Kevin Byard got asked about, you know, I'm sure Jeffrey Simmons, it was Kevin, he got asked about, you know, I'm sure Jeffrey Simmons is upset about not making it to the Pro Bowl. And he said, well, you know, sometimes the way it works is you have your breakout season and then you make the Pro Bowl the year after that. That's just how it works sometimes, KB said. And he's right. Like, that is how it works. But why? <laughs> that, that's my question here. Why does it work that way? I, I'm going to make a vow to you all right here and now. Because I write a lot, right? I'm sure a lot of you uh, have read my stuff at AtoZSports.com. For the next year, in solidarity of hating the Pro Bowl, because this is just patently ridiculous that the best players in the league in this so-called prestigious list is decided by who the fans know. The fact that that is so ridiculous, in solidarity, I'm not going to talk about the Pro Bowl in articles. So when I introduce A.J. Brown in an article, you know, I'm writing a story about the Titans passing game, and I say, A.J. Brown. I will no longer call him pro bowler A.J. Brown. When I write about Harold Landry next year, I will not refer to him as pro bowler Harold Landry. He will simply be Harold Landry. Now, all pros different. Kevin Byard will get that nod. But I refuse to give the respect of my words to this list and to this exercise in foolishness and popularity that the NFL puts out every year. I'm done. I'm done with it. Because it's not actually a marker of success. It once was. But now when you say pro bowler, such and such, comma, such and such player, it doesn't mean anything. I remember a few years back, back when Trevor Simeon was the Broncos quarterback, he got invited to the Pro Bowl as a replacement and said no. That tells you all you need to know. Now, Simmons, it's a crime that he had to wait this long. Another problem with the Pro Bowl is that with these replacements in this situation, you get the Trevor Simeons of the world in the Pro Bowl. An example of that, is Roger Saffold. Now, is Roger Saffold Trevor Simeon? No. Roger Saffold... Roger Saffold is a talented player, obviously. He's been an All-Pro before. But, was Roger Saffold a Pro Bowler this year? No. Roger Saffold barely made it through most of the games that he played in 2021. Now, I like Roger Saffold. He's a good player when he's out there. But if we're talking about a list and a game that is honoring the best of the best and the seasons that they had, why are we honoring someone 
who could barely make it through games for most of the season? The answer to that question is because there's no one else. Because because of injuries, if you want to call them that, and these players dropping out of the Pro Bowl, they had to make they had to have someone. And again, Roger Saffold is not Trevor Simeon. He's a good player. But Roger Saffold is not in the Pro Bowl because of anything he did during the regular season. Admittedly, he was, he was good in the playoff game. Roger Saffold's in the, pl- in the Pro Bowl because Roger Saffold is a name. Because people know who Roger Saffold is because of what he's done in the past. Roger Saffold, again, could barely make it through games throughout most of this season. Again, the Titans' five preferred offensive linemen, Lawan, Lawan Saffold, Jones, Quesenberry, Davis, did not start and make it to the end of the game until week 18. And Saffold was a big reason why that was the case. And yet, here he is in the Pro Bowl. So I'm happy for Saffold. It's his first Pro Bowl. He deserves to have fun this week in Vegas. It's going to be fun for him, I'm sure. But let's not act like this was some great honor that he earned with his good work this season. And, you know, he can't control the injury. But that's just what happened. And so, off of that, because I feel like this was going to make you guys upset, this conversation, me sort of railing on Roger Saffold's Pro Bowl selection in the way that I have, I want to ask you, a question about Roger Saffold being in the Pro Bowl. It is a very simple question, and that question is fair or foul. Fair or foul, Roger Saffold being a member of the 2021 Pro Bowl team. Think about your answers. Throw them in the chat. While you are doing that, I want to talk to you about our friend Gary Ashton and his team at REMAX advantage. If you're looking to buy or sell in the Nashville area, you need to give Gary Ashen and his team a shout because they will allow you to sell with Intel. Gary has the best information, the best relationships, the best knowledge of the Nashville real estate market. And with it being as hot and competitive as it is these days, you 100% want the best possible competitive advantage you can get. And that competitive advantage is Gary Ashton. You've probably seen his billboards all throughout town. It's because he's the official real estate agent of the Titans, of the Nashville Predators, and he holds those distinctions for a reason. Gary will let you get your dream address without the stress. So whether you're looking to buy, whether you're looking to sell, don't sell without the intel or get your dream address without the stress by going to GaryAshton.com and getting in touch with him and his team. Fair or foul, Roger Saffold as a member of the 2021 Pro Bowl team. Titans fans, you are outdoing yourselves tonight as I look at the chat. Yogi says foul. Liz says foul. Jeremy says foul. Corey says foul. Lewis says foul. Robert says foul. Josh says he he, kind of deserves it, but he's still going to go with foul in the end. Dion says foul. Corey says foul. Foul, we still don't know if the guy's good enough for our team to keep him after this season. I saw a conversation on on Twitter today uh, about that, how, you know, Roger Saffold's a pro bowler and and gets added to this list, but he might not even be on the team next year. So just a very interesting situation there with Roger Saffold. Obviously, I think it's foul. 
look, I'm ha- I'm, again, I'm happy for Roger Saffold. He's a super nice guy. He's very, very good with the media. I'm not disparaging Roger Saffold, the person, or saying that you know he gives bad effort or anything like that. I'm just saying that the body of work that he put on the field in 2021 uh, is not a Pro Bowl level of work. Granted, these days, what does that even mean? A, a Pro Bowl level of work, right? It's becoming less and less of a uh, an achievement and an accomplishment. And, and these two situations, Jeffrey Simmons having to wait this long and uh, uh, Roger Saffold, um, you know, may, being able to make it in, point to those problems. Liz says, does having a Pro Bowl distinction affect contract negotiations? I, I, there are certainly like contract incentives where it's like if you make the Pro Bowl, but I feel like honestly, I, I've heard where, and I would have to look this up because I don't really remember exactly off the top of my head. But I feel like I've heard where these contracts are becoming more about, you know, you have a Pro Bowl incentive, but it's only if you make it in on that initial ballot. Because these agents, you know, on both sides for, for the teams and for the players realize what a what a sham this is becoming and that, you know, getting more money because, you know, such and such player got injured and isn't able to go to the Pro Bowl is not really a reason to get a raise. So this evening we have talked about the differences between the Titans and the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. We talked about the two new Titans who are going to be joining Harold Landry and Kevin Byard at the Pro Bowl. But first, I want to talk about – first, before we go, uh, there is one more question I want to throw at you guys, one more topic I want to discuss. What we're going to talk about is is we're going to play a little game with the two teams that are left, that are going to the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about players from their teams that you would want on – the Titans. And here's the question before we go. I want you all to think about these two teams that are left, the Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I keep wanting to say the 49ers. I don't know why. They didn't win. Bengals and the Rams. Think about those two teams. Which non-quarterback, if you had to pick one on either of those teams, would you put on the Titans? You get one player, not one from each team, one non-quarterback from each team to put on the Titans. It's a tough question. I'm already seeing varying answers come in the chat. I think this will be a fun game to play. As you're putting those answers in the chat, I want to talk to you about our friends at Brimac Heating and Cooling because with the winter time being the way that it is, with it being as cold as it is outside, look, guys, when I walk out of my house or my apartment in the mornings, and I go outside even just to walk to the car, it is freaking miserable most of these days, right? And when you're inside, you don't want to have to deal with that. You don't want to be freezing. And if something's wrong with your heating unit, you need to get it fixed quickly. You don't want to have to deal with that miserable cold temperature inside your house the same way you do outside. And if that's you, you need to give Brimac a call. You need to get in touch with Brimac. Because they guarantee your satisfaction. They are the place you need to go for your heating and cooling needs. And so, if that's you, head to brymac.com and check them out for our podcast audience. That is B-R-Y-M-A-K.com. And again, head to DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Use the promo code A to Z Sports. You'll get 56 to 1 odds 
on any NFL team. And that means that a $5 bet, uh, if it wins, becomes 280 bucks in free bets. Which player left in the NFL playoffs would you put on the Titans outside of the two quarterbacks? Because if we open it up to that, I think the only right answer is Joe Burrow, of course. So, restricting it to non-quarterbacks, let's see what everyone has to say. Josh says Jamar Chase. Denise says Jalen Ramsey. Liz says Cooper Cup. Jalen Ramsey from Corey. Chilmode says Jalen Ramsey. Odell Beckham from Karen. Jamar Chase from Dion. Lewis says Tyler Higby. Very interesting answer there. Can't say that I agree with that one, but it's an interesting choice. Stevie says Jalen Ramsey. Jeremy says Aaron Donald. Shamari says Aaron Donald. Lewis says Ramsey and Chase. So my answer for this, and, and, and Reed says Evan McPherson. Our producer, Reed Besh, says Evan McPherson. Not a terrible answer there. My answer, however, is Cooper Cup. And, and, and Reed has picked out a video for us that's going to give us a bit of an insight into who exactly this maniac of Cooper Cup is. Take a look. Touchdown specifically, your defender went and blitzed. What did you see there? How were you able to, to use that to your advantage? Yeah, they had a little three-deep fire zone, brought the nickel off the edge, safety dropped down. Uh, it didn't look like they were doing a replacement fire zone, so I knew at the back of the way we were going to get three pushing through. Um, I had an opportunity to kind of run in there if I could beat my guy and just had to beat the safety to the end zone. Now, I know what some of those words that he just said mean, but I definitely don't know what all of them mean. And even with the ones that I do know what they mean, I would have to slow that video down significantly to be able to take in all that that man said. He's a smart cookie, Cooper Cup is, and it's one of the reasons that he's able to win despite the fact that he's not the fastest guy around. Yet... In the, in the NFC Championship game, sorry to go away from my mic for a second, but in the NFC Championship game, again, 11 catches, 142 yards for that guy. He was on a tear this season. It's between him and Jonathan Taylor for Offensive Player of the Year. And I'm trying to remember who won. Uh, I can actually look it up very quickly. The Pro Football Writers um, Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, that would be, uh, hold up. We got it right here. Offensive play of the year. Cooper Cup won the pro football writers offensive play of the year, uh, to be determined who wins the associated press offensive player of the year. But this guy's crazy. Good. Cooper cup is unbelievably good. And could you imagine an offense where you've got AJ Brown and Julio Jones out wide and Cooper cup in the slot? Or, or you, you know, you switch it up and you put AJ Brown in the slot, and move Cooper Cup out wide. How ridiculous would that be? It's obviously a fantasy, right? It's never going to happen. But in terms of playing this game of figuring out who from these two teams that are left you would put on the Titans, I think the correct answer is Cooper Cup. Thanks for hopping in, everybody. It has been great fun to be with you tonight. Again, uh, Buck Rising will be back with you tomorrow. He is currently traveling to Mobile, Alabama to attend the Senior Bowl. He'll have plenty of coverage for you starting tomorrow night, same time, same place. I will actually be back with you guys next Tuesday, so eight days from now, a week from tomorrow, as Buck travels to the Super Bowl. So looking forward to that. Be sure to tune in tomorrow morning to the uh, morning show with Austin and Zach. 
Uh, until then, and until I see you guys again, have a great night. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you all next time.